An inspired leader is someone who inspires in good times and bad. Welcome to Inspiring Leaders, the podcast that shares ideas, perspectives, and best practices from great leaders around the world to help you become a more inspired leader. Hello again and welcome to the Inspiring Leaders podcast. I'm your host, Terry Lepofsky, and today we're talking about distributed leadership. One of the biggest challenges in organizations today, it's the growing matter of leading people who are physically apart. If you've ever had to lead a team that was scattered around the country or the world, you'll know what we're talking about. Communication and leadership become even more challenging, and it can be made even more difficult without nonverbal communication cues. And then, of course, there are all the issues associated with multiple time zones. Well, our guest today knows about these challenges very well, and she's dedicated herself to helping leaders resolve some of those challenges. Dr. Laura Hamley is an industrial and organizational psychologist and serial entrepreneur based in Calgary, Alberta. Dr. Laura has over 15 years of experience providing organizational consulting to private and public organizations around the world. She's a leader and a mentor who's passionate about making a difference in people's lives. Dr. Laura is the founder of two career counseling practices and the Leadership Success Group, all based in Calgary. She's also an adjunct professor at the University of Calgary. Dr. Laura, welcome to Inspiring Leaders. Thank you, Terry. I'm really happy to be here. Well, you know, we have a lot of fun on this podcast because one of the first questions we love to ask people is, what leader has inspired you and why? The one that I think inspired me in this topic area was an important mentor to me was my PhD supervisor, Dr. Teresa Klein. I just loved working with her because she was just such a great professor. She was quick. She was accessible. She helped me get my PhD in three years, which I really didn't want to be there any longer than that. I wanted to get on with my life, and Teresa was just what I needed. She provided the inspiration, the level of structure, the feedback that I needed to to get my PhD done, and I really chose a topic. I chose this topic, distance leadership, and we called it virtual team leadership at that time, and it was the PhD that really launched me into becoming an expert around this whole topic area. Well, back in 2012, you started Work Evolution to provide innovative assessment and development support for mobile and distributed leaders and teams. If you can, tell us a little bit about what got you into that, where has that taken you, and what is it doing for your clients? Like I said, I did my PhD between 2002 and 2005 is when I finished it. And before doing my PhD, I had actually worked on a couple of distributed teams for a three-year period where I was working in Calgary, but I had an office in New York and an office in Toronto, and then our company was acquired, and then we ended up working on globally distributed teams. So I actually had colleagues in, in London, England, and in Ireland, and I was working in this distributed way early on when maybe not as many people were doing it as they are today. And I realized that there was a great need to understand how to do this better and how to lead and motivate and inspire teams. And that's what I focused my PhD on because I really wanted a cutting edge topic. And then since I finished my PhD, we continued, we, meaning my current business partner, Dr. Tom O'Neill and I, we continued to plug away at this research, publishing, co-authoring books, speaking on the topic, and really looking at the whole idea of why some people really 
struggle working away from the office. So for example, I'm in my home office right now. I'm here every Tuesday. Why some people would struggle with that and why other people really thrive with that. So we decided to do research and determine the holy grail of personality profiling for remote work, which, which we did over the last number of years. And, and we've really come up with some very scientifically valid, useful, practical assessments around this topic. That's why we've launched Work Evolution in 2012, because we had these great tools and we really wanted to get them out there into the world. So these are assessment tools that you've worked on. Is it more than that? Uh, it's more than that, but the assessment tools are the foundation, right? Because our belief is in, in what we do is that we need to understand where a person is at in terms of their fit or their leadership from a distance or the team dynamics. We need to assess where it's at in order to know what's needed to make it better. So assessment is a beautiful foundation and that can lead into training. So we do training, we do coaching do facilitation of teams. We do all these different follow-up to an assessment, but the assessment is the baseline of, of our business. Yeah, that's the starting point then. Once you're aware of what needs to be worked on, then of course the road becomes a little easier once there's some clarity. Exactly. So an assessment does its job if it helps a person gain insight, it helps uh, provide a tool for discussion and understanding, and most importantly for next steps and actions for development. So maybe you can help me by illustrating an example, perhaps, of a, of a client that you've worked with that had a distributed team or a geographically separated team, where some of this has come in handy for them. Sure. So I actually have one fresh off the press. So it's an international large company that's based in Europe, but they have offices in the U.S. and actually throughout the world. The leader that I debriefed this morning, he leads a distributed team, mostly in the U.S are his direct reports, but none of them are in the same city as he is. I would say that he's effective. I mean, he's pretty good at what he does, but he wants to continue bringing his team to the next level because they're a high-performing uh, part of this organization. And so he did the Distributed Leader Profiler, which is a self-assessment of leadership. And uh, we discussed the results this morning, and he was actually in Ireland, and I was here, and we did it via GoToMeeting. Um, and we were able to really work through uh, his skills, his attribute, capabilities. There were some definite patterns and areas to develop, and it facilitated a really great coaching conversation. And that's why I'm really proud of that tool. It, it, it's not just for leaders who are struggling. It's for all levels of leaders, and absolutely every leader has room to develop when it comes to this area. So you're no stranger to using uh, long-distance telecommunications and technology. Yeah, not at all. Being able to talk to people throughout the world, some of the people I've met through Work Evolution, I would have never met if I didn't have this, this line of business. Yeah, it's interesting when you get on the phone with somebody, or maybe better said, on uh, some other tools like Skype and uh, voice over IP tools, you say to somebody, good morning, and it's actually their evening or vice versa. Exactly. Yeah, it's evening in Ireland. <laughs> That's for sure. It's becoming more and more of a challenge, I think. Is this a matter that is growing in concern or in incidents for companies around the world? Absolutely. And I see it as a challenge, but I see it more actually as an opportunity than as a challenge. And so here's what's happening, basically. We're seeing multiple reasons why flexible and distributed work is on the rise. In cities, real estate costs are really high. Companies can save a lot of money by reducing their real estate footprint. Commute times are long. I mean, I'm trying to save an hour commute today just by working from home. Commute times are getting longer in the major cities. 
And if I can work flexibly, even part of the time, it saves me hours of time and not to mention the carbon footprint that I leave behind. Um, and then we're also seeing the whole uh, movement of the millennial workforce being so used to working from wherever and questioning the idea of why they would need to come in every single day. And not to mention just millennials, but also boomers wanting to work more flexibly, like a client of mine yesterday who has a place in Phoenix who's saying, you know, I want to work when I'm in Phoenix as well. Why can't I work from a distance part of the time? And he was worried about how he might lead his team from there. And we, we talked about it because it's absolutely possible. And in fact, I said, you might find yourself more creative, you know, more focused being in Phoenix in that setting than in the busy and in interruption filled office here. So, I mean, those are just some of the reasons. And then, of course, technology that are leading to this whole exciting movement. What are some of the things that leaders with a distributed team should really be watching out for? We mentioned just off the top the time zones, but what other things should they be watching for? Or perhaps what sort of matters do you work with people on a one-to-one coaching basis? Def- definitely trust. So some people are more naturally trusting of other human beings than others. If you tend to not be as a person who trusts that easily, then it can rear its head when you're working in a distributed way where trust is absolutely paramount. So I would say really examining yourself in terms of are you naturally trusting or not? And what actions and behaviors can you do to extend more trust from a distance and set things up so that people can work towards objectives and goals without being measured by the butt in the seat concept, which is presenteeism. I can see them working, so they must be working. Well, actually, the correlation between a bum in a seat and being highly productive is not a strong correlation. Well, isn't that an interesting finding? Is that in that's based on research, or is this based on some of the work that you've done in the past? It's a kind of a combination. I mean, there's definitely lots of bums and seats that are productive, but it's used too much as a gauge of productivity, and we need to be measuring more towards objectives and meeting your targets and your goals rather than just being physically present. So setting a course and providing some direction to people, but then allowing them to work on things and then taking a look at what their overall results are afterwards. Is that right? Exactly. And most people don't want to disappoint. Most people want to be appreciated and they want to do a good job. And there's, of course, the ones that struggle with performance. There's always going to be those people that need to be performance managed. Maybe they need to leave. But it's that smaller percentage that we don't want those people to get in the way of this whole movement towards flexible work. I wonder if people are actually more productive now that they have this analog style of working that's been made available by their digital tools. That is, they're no longer at work and then at home, but rather they're doing work from home and they're doing home tasks from work. Exactly. It's becoming more blended, which is why we're trying to ditch the term work-life balance. It's actually still used in our distributed leader profiler, so I've been Talk to my partner about we got to ditch that word, right? Because balance implies this perfectly balanced scale between two disparate parts of your life, the, the work and the home, whereas it's actually more fused together for a lot of us, including myself, mother of three and owner of three businesses. Today, I'll take my son to lunch. So if someone down the street says, oh, you're not working today, Laura. Well, actually, I've already put in four hours of work. (laughs) But work to me is not a physical place. Work is a thing that I do. 
Yeah, and you've also saved an hour in commute too. <laughs> exactly. I've saved the hour and then I can take Matthew out today, which a lot of working parents can't do. Right on. And what do you see down the road as far as the future for this? Is it something that's obviously making a lot of sense to companies, organizations, uh, whether that's a corporation, an association, a nonprofit? This is obviously of interest for them. Is this going to grow? Is this something, a trend that's going to continue for them? We definitely think it is, but there's organizations out there like Yahoo and IBM recently that pulled people back to the office. And we believe that that's largely because distributed work wasn't managed the way it could have been from a people perspective. Because if it's managed the, the right way and supported and led by inspiring leaders who align uh, the vision with the people's work and give regular feedback and are accessible and supportive and create a feeling of team unity, it doesn't matter that I'm working from home two days a week. But the all-or-nothing phenomenon, I think that's gotten in the way of this whole movement where it's an all-or-nothing thing. Actually, working full-time remotely is not a fit for a lot of people. But balancing time in the office and time from home. Maybe it's safe to say that this is a relatively new phenomenon, and we're learning as we go, and we're figuring out a better way to tackle this. And I would say that from that perspective, you're part of the solution with uh, Work Evolution. You're actually providing those tools to help people become more aware of what matters might trip them up. And then you're also guiding them and supporting them to make sure that things are implemented in the using the best practices that we know or negotiating what challenges they may have. And there's a lot of best practices. And what we've learned is that a lot of what's involved in being an effective leader in an office is also needed when you're leading from a distance. However, you need to work harder and be more intentional and planful in everything you do. So actually, leadership is harder work from a distance. So maybe not all leaders are up to that challenge. But the exciting thing is, it, if it's done right, it contributes to retention, engagement, productivity, work-life balance, all these great outcomes if it's done right. And our goal is to help it be done right wherever we can. You know, Dr. Laura, I got to say, you seem like a real kindred spirit because I think you probably know our vision here at Inspiring Leaders is to make sure that inspired leadership is ubiquitous, that it's everywhere around the world. And what it is that you're doing blends perfectly with that. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Absolutely. And I think there's a paucity of that happening. And I'm in Alberta where we've had a significant recession, a very, very difficult situation with mass layoffs. What I've seen as a result of that is a lot of leaders not stepping up to the plate and workplaces becoming more and more toxic. And I think that that's really, really sad um, because I think no matter what the economic situation, you can always engage human beings if you do it the right way. Well, that's a good thought. And that's definitely something to aim for, for sure. Before we wrap up, I have two questions for you. The first one has to do with challenges that a lot of leaders are facing around the world today. What challenges do you see from your perspective with most leaders today? There are many. That's why leaders get paid the big bucks. The changing nature of, of work, work is not a place, but an activity. Or you could say it, work is an activity and not a place. This is a huge shift. It's a philosophical shift that ever since the Industrial Revolution, it's been driving into work. Changing that 
thought pattern, I think, is a, is a big challenge for a lot of leaders. There's a movement in Canada called WorkShift, uh, WorkShiftCanada.com, and they have a really good video about this, and it shows, it depicts, you know, why people went into an office every day and how that's changed, and I think it does a good job of that. So I think that's a big challenge. And then I think the whole globalization, so competing so very much on a global level. I want to add that I've talked a lot about flexible work kind of implying being in the same city, but working part of the time from home. That's not only what it is. Globally distributed teams could be a team with people in different office buildings throughout the world. And we're seeing more and more of that. But the challenges that come with that are cultural differences. So leading across different cultural groups is a whole area of, of expertise that you, you want to be developing as a distributed leader. That's an absolutely fabulous insight. The whole idea of different perspectives really driving us forward, leading to the change that's going to propel us into something new and better. Here's my second question for you, Dr. Laura. What does inspired leadership mean to you? I've been doing a lot of thinking about this again, just going back to the example of a lot of the sad uh, cultures I'm seeing in, in Alberta-based organizations. And I think it's because an inspired leader is someone who inspires in good times and bad. So true leadership really shows during bad times because that's when it's tough. It's easy when you have a thriving economy and it's easy to make money, unemployment's low. But when you start to get in a situation like we've been in for two years here, it requires a higher level of leadership. And what happens though when resources are scarce, it can bring out the worst in people. It can bring up severe political infighting. It can bring up a lack of integrity issues, a lot of fear. I think a lot of fear drives um, some of these toxic workplaces and cultures. And Again, I think it's really sad, and I, I draw the analogy to you can live in low-income housing, you can have a very, very basic place you're living, but you can still keep your place clean, you can keep your yard nice, um, and it's kind of the, the equivalent. You don't have to have a thriving organization, but you can still have a positive culture where people are happy to come to work and they're committed. I think that's a great analogy, and it definitely brings it home for sure. Listen, if people want to connect with you, what's the best way that they can find you? Definitely Work Evolutions, Laura at workevolution.com. And there's an OH in Work Evolution. It's O'Neill and Hambly, which we're the co-founders of. Um, so that or my number is 587-354-3444. That's our office in Calgary. Well, I can put those into the show notes for sure. And then people can click on them and follow them and make sure that they connect with you as well. Awesome. Yeah, we would love to have discussions on this. We're very passionate about the topic and we work with all sizes of organizations, small, medium, large. We're pretty versatile that way. Well, I think your participation today has been a perfect fit for inspiring leaders because it really is the kind of message that, well, if leaders aren't facing it already, they're sure to face it at some point down the road. So thank you so much for bringing that perspective in, for sharing some of your experiences and examples. I think that that was fabulous. Thank you very much, Dr. Laura. You're so welcome. Thanks for having me, Terry. Thanks again for being part of our quest to make inspired leadership ubiquitous. Wherever you are, we hope that we've helped to inspire you and that you'll pay it forward by inspiring others. And just a reminder to support us on iTunes, Google, and Stitcher with your ratings and comments. Your support makes a big difference, and we sure do appreciate it. Until next time, take care, everybody. Bye for now.